0: Hi friends, this is Mina Arfan. Welcome back to the Universe Guru podcast or YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube. Today we're talking about managing triggers. What are triggers? First and foremost, let's start there. So triggers are basically emotional wounds, very similar to physical wounds. So if you had, God forbid, a physical wound, like you had, let's say, a boo on your arm, every time someone brushed past it, you'd probably scream out in pain. You'd say, oh, you know, ouch. Or maybe you were anticipating that people would brush past it and you would make sure that you um, created kind of a barrier of safety around it. Maybe you would sit in a particular angle or maybe you would hold your arm behind you when people were quickly uh, passing by or maybe you would hold your other arm in front of it. So, Sort of like that, we have emotional wounds. And when other people brush up against them, that is what causes a trigger. Okay, So them actually brushing past it is the trigger. That's what pulls up that emotional wound. So what we tend to do is we will create a life where it is the least chance of it getting triggered. And as you can imagine, you would have to live a fairly small life. You would have to have a very small life where you're not triggered, especially depending on how many emotional wounds you have. You couldn't hang out with certain people. You couldn't go to certain parties. You couldn't advance in your career or start a business if you were really afraid of people triggering you. So it is necessary to try and heal these wounds if you want to have a beautiful life experience right like think of it the the easiest way not to get triggered is to live in a cave where no one can find you but what kind of a life would that be okay so there are many options of what you can do what i recommend is when you get triggered make a note of that get really curious say that's so interesting when so and so said this I felt really defensive or I was really triggered or I was really angry, whatever comes up for you. Usually what we do is we blame the other person. I know I used to do this back in the day. I used to say, oh, that person is a mean person or that person says mean things or that person makes me angry. It was only when I started asking myself, why does what this person says make me angry. I t- started taking personal responsibility for the fact that I was getting, I was the one getting triggered. Now, there were some people in my life at that time that knew my triggers better than I did. I was not that self-aware. And so they were purposely triggering me. And I noticed this because I would notice that I was having a great day, everything's fine. Like I'm feeling really happy that day. I look good, I feel good. And then, you know, if I was around them, they would purposely say certain things to make me worry or make me upset. Once I started asking the right questions, like why does this make me upset? I started noticing these patterns. So the first thing I did was I started having some distance from these people because in order to heal your wound, you need someone not to keep scraping it back up. Just like a physical wound, If I had a bleeding wound and someone kept scraping it up, it would take longer to heal, right? So I did have to distance myself from certain people. Now, obviously, if you're living with people that are triggering you, that's not always easy. And the main responsibility is on us to make sure that we are doing our inner work. And so, you know, I have courses and books and things on this topic, but In the scope of this podcast, what I can say is that start noticing where that trigger is showing up as a sensation in your body. This will give you a clue to where that trigger has been stored in your body. So let's say someone says something about your kid, uh, or let's say they say something about you being some kind of a mom, and that triggers you. When you are triggered, where is that showing up? Is it tightness in your chest? Is it kind of a woozy, you know, um, dizzying feeling in your head? Is it sort of a burning cessation in your womb? That is important because that's where that trigger is stored. So what I would do is go into that space where it's showing up and just kind of let it know that you have received the signal. It is trying to communicate with you. So what you can say is to sit with it quietly. Like I would notice that a lot of my triggers showed up either in my chest or in my womb. So what I would do is I would drop down in there and just sit with it, not trying to change it, not trying to manipulate it in some way, not trying to shut it down. You know, that's what I probably had been doing for most of my life. That's why it's a trigger. But just being with that sensation is step number one. The other thing you want to do after you've done that, you know, for a bit, you don't want to just bypass through it. So you want to say, why does this trigger me? Like, what is the core belief behind this? Because here's the truth, babe. No one can trigger you unless you agree with what they're saying. Okay. So if someone has something to say about my parenting abilities and if I think what they're saying is not true, I might even think that's funny. Or it might just be kind of like a cloud passing through me. Like it's not going to hit against any emotional wound. It would be the equivalent of someone passing by and, you know, their jacking, jacket brushing up against my arm. If I don't have a wound there, it's not going to hurt. There's nothing to hit up against, right? Right. So you want to find that original core belief. Maybe there's something that you are doing that makes you question your own parenting. And therefore, this person saying it triggered that wound that you already had. So in that stage, what I would recommend is reframing your core beliefs, like asking yourself, is this ultimately true? Why do I believe this? Where is this coming from? That's the part of the inner work that I teach you guys in my Basic Babe Bundle. I'm also writing about this deeply in my new book. So this is something you want to process because here's the thing. The alternative to this is having a small life where you don't put yourself in any situation where you have the chance, even the slightest chance of being triggered. And let me tell you, that's going to be exhausting because as a human being, you want to grow and evolve. You want to experience things. Good luck, you know, avoiding people enough that no one brushes up against your wounds ever again, okay? So now let's talk about what if you are triggering people, okay? So the truth is that if we're meeting someone new or relatively new, we might not know all of their triggers. So we might just make a casual statement and that might set them off in some way, it might set off their emotional, you know, wound of abandonment, it might set off whatever, like you don't you don't know their entire history, you don't know their childhood. And a lot of these things actually happen in the first three years, in the most formative years of our um, life. And so they actually might not even know it, right, because they don't remember what happened when they were under three. So in that case, just knowing that it's not your responsibility in the sense that like that the initial trigger, but if they let you know that this is triggering, one thing you could do is avoid that topic if possible. Because I mean, with most people, we're not going to be launching into a whole conversation about triggers, like it might be appropriate, this might be a work setting, right? Right. But if, if you must talk about that thing, let's say it's work and you have to, you know, show your skills and they still keep getting triggered, that's on them. You know, they have to do their inner work around that. I mean, that's the whole premise of doing inner work. In my life, if it's something, it's someone very close to me, meaning if this is my husband or my children, I consider that my deepest, closest inner world then I will take the time to help them heal. And I talked more about this in my um, podcast episode number two. So you can refer to that how my husband and I did that in that, in that situation, when they are not triggered, I might go to say and say, Hey, I noticed that when this happened, or when I said this, you got a little triggered, or you got a little defensive. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Or what came up for you? Or what did you hear? Now, do not do it when they're triggered. So, when people are triggered, their amygdala, the part of the brain that is responsible for fight or flight, is very active. And when that part of our brain is active, we perceive things and hear things very differently. I mean, everything changes in our body. Our blood is thicker. We might experience sound, taste, you know, sight, um, everything differently. So when you're trying to have a conversation with someone who's triggered, just know that they might be seeing you as a physical threat. I highly recommend especially not talking to someone in a car or when you're sitting side by side because when the amygdala is active, when we're really triggered and we're also glancing side to side to look at the other person if they're sitting on our, our right or our left, it distorts uh, facial facial features and you might see them as an angry You know, tiger, instead of your spouse or your your friend or your child, and so I have a rule in my life that I do not communicate with triggered people. Uh, Because I I've just learned that they will trust twist your words or whatever you say may trigger them. They're not in their right mind, basically. So in that moment, just excuse yourself, or you know, set that boundary of like, hey, we'll talk when you've calmed down. The other thing about um, help. helping family members is respecting if they want to be in that space with you right because you're essentially stepping into sort of a a coaching role or a support role and so help asking certain questions i find that if i ask more curious questions instead of like actually just turning into a full-blown coach people are way more receptive because it actually makes them curious hey why did this trigger me or Or what did I actually hear when you were saying this? So just remaining curious. And this has been a really life-changing and life-giving technique in my life because in my family, we've helped each other deal with our triggers and grow and evolve. And we're really just thankful that we have that safe space. And just knowing that not a lot of people do, okay? The other thing I would say is, if someone keeps triggering you and you're trying to heal, like I said before, take some space. Let them know, hey, I'm working on myself right now and I need to, like, you know, do certain things and I'll be back. Because if they keep scraping it up, it's going to take you longer to heal. So I have definitely taken breaks from. Um, people that I am able to do so. And even with my husband in the past, I've said, Hey, can we shelf this topic for a moment? I'm working on something. And I feel like I'm going to be in a better space to talk about this once XYZ happens. And in that way, we're not constantly just triggering each other. And we're actually finding space to have conscious, more self aware conversations. Okay. Now, the the third thing I want to say about these or the last thing is that there will be people in your life that are just so overly triggered or are just sort of people that overreact to certain situations, create drama. Um you know, I call this addicted to suffering. There's a whole evolutionary, you know, background on this. I've talked about this many times on YouTube. Um I'll also go into it in my my book. But I sometimes just don't find it worth my time to deal with that. So I Because I'm creating so much in my personal life, I have, you know, my family, I have this beautiful, just delicious life and this, um, you know, artistic career that I pour my energy into, I've just had to make it a boundary because at the end of the day, if every single person that comes in is being massively triggered and they're overreacting and I have to stop what I'm doing every single time to put out their fires... I don't think that's a good use of my time at this point. So as sad as it is sometimes, I just have to let people go. I believe that every single person is capable. I believe that everyone will find their way. I believe that everyone will do their inner work um, in divine timing when it's right for them, expecting everyone to just be at the place that I'm in. It's not fair. It's not going to happen cuz inner work is luxury. You need enough space and time in your life to create that that inner work, you know, energy for yourself. So, in that if it's just someone that, you know, I would have liked to be in, in in you know, in contact with, but let's say that we're just not um in that space, maybe we're triggering each other. It's okay to be like, "Hey, you know, this is just not working for me right now." I think there is a way to do that with so much love and so much respect with zero blame, with zero drama, and just letting people be where they are and letting them find their way. Okay, so I hope this finds you well. Um, For those of you guys listening to this on YouTube, I have another special announcement, which I will um, add on to this.